This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Megan Hesline. Hey, Meredith. Not going to be the best show today, but it's got to be done. So let's get into it. I mean, the show is going to be great. It's just a very depressing topic. Very depressing. But we'll, we'll do our best to make it optimistic. Yeah. I mean, frankly, it was just a really rough weekend all around. I lost my voice yesterday cheering for the Browns, which was was, futile for not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm a Jets fan, so that just wasn't great either. So not a, not a great weekend for either of us. I will say I was like walking down the street with my husband and we were in our Browns gear yesterday And this guy on a bike in a jet sweatshirt, like rode by and he was like, Hey, go brownies. Okay. We were like, Hey, go jets. (laughs) We may as well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're both struggling. So gotta help each other out. It was a really interesting narrative though. Um, I mean, we're going to, we're going to get depressed about Ohio state in a minute guys, but, uh, real quick. Um, I was really surprised. Um, you know, yesterday the Browns put together a really solid game plan, but they were playing the chiefs, like, right. One of, like the defending AFC champions. Um, obviously it was going to be a great game. Um, and frankly, Cleveland had two plays where they aired. Um, but it's been very surprising that the narrative has seemed to focus less so on how well Cleveland played and more so on the perceived issues of Baker Mayfield. You know, I thought the offense looked pretty good. I'm I'm curious to see how the defense looks because, you know, you're facing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But, like, I feel like the Browns do have some potential. Like, they really, they really could have won that game. It's just they're the Browns, so they're cursed. And, you know, they can't win a season opener because, you know, they're the Browns. But Thanks like, for the reminder, Megan. Yeah, you know, just rub that in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I didn't think Baker looked too bad, honestly. No. And honestly, we can look at some parallels between the Browns and the Buckeyes. Uh, The offense definitely, it was like the offense was doing well for Cleveland. They were able to certainly move the ball, not necessarily at will because Kansas City does have a decent defense as well. It's again, they're one of the most well-rounded, well-coached, well-disciplined teams in the NFL, which is so frustrating right now. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, it was, it was the defense, like Cleveland was not able to really get a stop until late in the game. Um, and then we sort of tend to blame the offense, but kind of as we will discuss here in a bit, maybe it's a good thing or a better thing that if you are going to lose, you lose early, you sort of get that monkey off your well, it's not really a monkey off your back, but like you get this idea of perfection out of your mind. 
Um, and then maybe you're able to play a little bit freer, um, and stop trying to, you know, just hold yourself to this high, perfect standard, uh, which we will get to in a minute. Um, but for, for now, uh, we're just going to be sad. So, I mean, yeah, I like the, the positive thinking, like, let's just take this loss and reflect back to when we won a national championship and we lost our second game of the season then. So, you know, maybe it is a good thing. It is. Maybe not, but like we can act like it is. It's, you know, it felt like Ohio State was primed to lose a regular season game. We haven't done it in a while. Mm -hmm. This was Ryan Day's first loss as a head coach in the regular season. Um, And, you know, you never look forward to it, but it certainly kind of puts Ohio State on notice. Like you're not an invincible team. Um, You can lose to someone outside of the college football playoff. Um, and you know, it certainly exposed some areas that you might've said, and we still won the game. Um, and now you're like, actually, no, that cost us the game. Uh, so certainly motivating to fix those areas. Right. And I feel like this will just light a spark, uh, in the team too. You know, they're going to be angry. Like Tulsa and Akron just better watch (laughs) out. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I apologize in advance, but I just hope they totally go off. I'm sure they will totally get y'all that at practice too because Ryan Day was not happy he didn't even stay for the singing of Carmen Ohio because he was so upset so I think they'll go they'll fix their problems in practice this week and come out strong against Tulsa um on that note so again kind of this parallel with Cleveland um very unfairly in my opinion uh CJ Stroud has been getting some flack from the Twitter sphere for his play and has been getting a little bit of the blame for the loss, which is simply ridiculous. Okay. I have a confession. I initially was one of those haters because his decision-making just kind of, kind of upset me a little bit. And then that interception was very costly. But then I looked at the stats and realized he threw 484 yards, and that is the second most in school history. So I was like, okay, maybe it's not CJ's fault. <laughs> like, he actually played very well, also considering how young he is. So he should definitely not be getting any hate at all. Thank you for your growth mindset in that regard. <laughs> um, and it certainly, you know, that loss was not on Stroud. Uh, he's a redshirt freshman quarterback, and we can – kind of to the previous point, again, uh, we've grown to expect perfection. Um, but JT Barrett, who is the career leader in pretty much every category, uh, he lost to Virginia tech as we've discussed in 2014 in his second game. Um, and so when we're looking at Stroud's performance, the issue was not on the offensive side of the ball. The issue was very much on defense. So do we want to get into that? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we do have to. I mean, how many yards did we give up to Oregon? I want to say it was 500. We gave up a lot. Here, yeah. let me look it up. I believe it was like 505, I want to say. And it's just like, how do you have 484 yards on offense? Yep. Uh, so... We gave up 505 yards. Uh, Oregon did give up 612 yards of offense uh, to Ohio State. 
Um, but yep, uh, Oregon outrushed. I mean, they more than doubled up their rushing yards, 269 rushing yards for Oregon to 128 for Ohio state. Um, it was really quite ridiculous. Uh, another key stat that I'm just looking at their stats. So I'm finding it interesting. Oregon had four penalties for 35 yards, Ohio state, eight penalties for 71 yards. Oof. That was, it was just such a sloppy game overall. I mean, and all of their touchdowns were such long, like breakaways, like the 77 yard touchdown. It was just pathetic. I mean, they did the same thing over and over and we just couldn't seem to adjust like some major problems on the defensive front. And it's been like that. I mean, against Alabama in the national championship against Minnesota last game, and it just carried over into this game. So Definitely need to make some changes if we want to have any chance at the playoffs. Yep. Lots of cult folks obviously calling for Carrie Coombs to be replaced. Uh, we we saw this week, actually today, uh, Zach Helton being replaced at USC. Um, you know, mid-season coaching turnover never feels like a good situation. Uh, Megan, in your opinion, does it feel like it's come to that? I feel like it might be a little bit too soon. Obviously, he was like the reason we lost and he he owned that. So I respect that. But I mean, he is a great recruiter. Him and Al Washington are both phenomenal recruiters. And so I don't want to keep them around just because of that. Obviously, I feel like they definitely do have potential. I mean, this isn't on our players, though, at all. They're giving max effort. There's so much talent on the D-line. But... I'm going to give him a few more weeks. I feel like it's a little bit early for that, but definitely something to keep in mind the rest of the season. For sure. And, you know, it looked like like we got exposed. And if you look at our last three games, as you alluded to Alabama, Minnesota and Oregon, um, you know, going one and two in those matchups, but at the same time, recognizing that Oregon might be better than folks are getting work folks, myself included, uh, giving them credit for it. Even last week, uh, Alabama, obviously reigning national champs, uh, one of the perennial best teams in the nation, uh, and Minnesota had a great rushing attack. So certainly things that don't match up well against Ohio state, but at the same time, looking just at this season, it is just one loss. We are not out of the picture just yet. And it doesn't feel like drastic changes are absolutely necessary right now. Right. I mean, us Buckeye fans just really do love to overreact though. I mean, Oh, for sure. (laughs) A loss like what that, that can't happen here. So we're just thinking of worst case scenario for everything. So we just need to take a step back, realize that it's just one loss. We can bounce back. It'll be fine. Of course it will be fine. Um, and speaking of, you know, having a more positive look toward the future and something that we can draw positively from this game, uh, Megan, that was your first game as a student. Yes, it was. Aside from the loss, it was such a great game to go to. I mean, last year as a freshman, I didn't get to go, obviously, because they didn't have fans. So this this game, obviously, was a big game as well against Oregon. So I was happy that that was the first game. And Everyone I've talked to, like upperclassmen and everything, said that this was the loudest they've ever heard the stadium. It was unreal. The energy was amazing, just being with all the other students as well. It was a great atmosphere and uh, obviously did not end the way I want it to, but I just can't wait to be back there next week. It was phenomenal. 
Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for you again, hoping for better luck next week. Um, someone else who's hoping for better luck next week, uh, is urban Meyer. Um, <laughs> Yikes. In, oh gosh, it's, it would be sad, but I actually can't help but laugh at it. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars got beat by the Houston Texans 37 to 21 on Sunday. Um, <laughs> it's only funny because the Texans like are picked as one of the worst teams in the league. Um, our beloved Tia Johnston, uh, her husband is the punter for the Texans. Um, and just really excited to see him getting lots of playing time this year. Um, that being said, uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence had three, he, he did throw three touchdowns. He also threw three picks. Um, and as we said, Urban Meyer began his NFL coaching debut with a spectacular loss. Want to hear the best quote that I heard from him? He said, yes. he said, I did not anticipate today going like that. Oh like- my gosh. Could you sound <laughs> any more like Michael Scott? Like I figured today would either be an A or an A plus, but I didn't realize there's an A plus plus. Like, come on, Urban. <laughs> I was, I saw that. I was like you're kidding. Like you thought you would actually do well. I mean, just look at your team. I mean, that was just, I didn't anticipate Trevor Lawrence throwing three picks though. Like that was kind of a shocker to me. And it was a shocker to him too. Cause that's the first time he's ever done that, like in his football career. So yeah, I, I mean, mean it's, it's a lot of first urban has not lost that way either in his career, maybe going all the way back to Bowling Green. I mean, you can only go up, right? Like, can it get worse than this? It like, could you as a Browns fan, when we went one in 15, people <laughs> said you can only go up from here, but au contraire, we went Owen 16 the next year. So it can get worse. fair enough. Let's see if that happens to urban. Um, well, in terms of players who do have a lot of potential and who we do only see going up, um, it was a rough start for the Chicago bears yesterday. Um, Falling to the LA Rams. Um, again, the Rams though, like a pretty solid football team. Oh, yeah. Um, but Justin Fields, uh, he came in uh, actually pretty regularly uh throughout the game uh to replace Andy Dalton. Um, and Fields did throw his first NFL touchdown pass. So good for him. That was excited to so see all exciting. of his potential. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bears fans want him now, like so bad. Like he is Chicago's savior at the moment. So girl, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would know, obviously. But like I just don't see why that Matt Nagy doesn't make him the starter. Like, what are you seeing from Andy Dalton? I I know I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting because Andy Dalton, you know, he is a three time pro bowler. He has the experience, like he's a very solid anchor for that offense that has not had a solid anchor at quarterback, right? Like he's level-headed. He's seen the field. He knows what he's doing generally. Like, does he have the raw talent that fields does? No, but like, will he make the same level of mistakes that we saw with Trevor Lawrence? Uh, That's unlikely. Um, And so like, I get Matt Nagy's like goal of keeping fields on the sideline and keeping him learning and getting him reps when it feels safe. Um, but yeah, it feels like midway through the season, Bears fans will 
apply enough pressure and we will see Fields as the starter. Right. I mean, I guess obviously for week one, I could see Dalton starting, especially against the Rams and Aaron Donald. So maybe he oh just wanted gosh. Dalton to get eaten up by <laughs> Donald and not Justin Fields, which I can respect that. But I mean, going forward, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> Poor Andy Dalton. Um, <laughs> I actually, you know what? I say that when I went to the Air Force Academy, I had to go to, we had mandatory football games. We did not have a choice but to attend football games. Um, and we played TCU on a Thursday night and it was freezing and we got destroyed by Andy Dalton. Um, really? So I'm acting like I have love for him, but you know what? Forget it. I don't. <laughs> All right. Just bring on Justin Fields. Hop on the Fields yeah. train. I've, I'm on the Fields bandwagon. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, on this happy note, we've got more college and pro football talk coming up for you after the break. So stay with us. Welcome back. Uh, well, we spent the first half of the show dwelling on the past and wallowing in our own misery. But alas, we do have to start looking toward the future at some point. Um, so, Megan, uh, why don't we kick off with Ohio State's prospects for the college football playoff even after their loss to Oregon I definitely do not think we are out of it like we are still in the playoff race I mean Clemson is probably still in it even with the loss we have Cincinnati in it Iowa like all these random teams and nothing is set in stone except Alabama but besides that if we win out we definitely will have a chance a very solid chance if we suffer one more loss, that's when that's when it gets concerning. But I'm very confident that if we win out, we will be in the playoffs. For sure. And, you know, I think the biggest feather in our cap is this loss was early and it was out of conference and it's to a team that is now ranked in the top five. Um, we could still, like, we could. We are still the favorites to win the Big Ten. Um it's a very, it is a tough big 10 this year. I don't know if we gave the rest of the conference enough credit heading into the season. Um, but you know, if we run the table, we win the big 10, there are certainly weaker power five conferences than the big 10. And so it would feel like the college football playoff committee would be remiss if they left the big 10 champion in this, you know, scenario being Ohio state out of the playoff. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's not going to be easy though. Cause no. Penn State here, Michigan State, Michigan at Michigan. Like, it's really not going to be a cakewalk. I mean, the next couple of games will be, thankfully. So hopefully we can get our confidence up. But the remainder of our season is not going to be easy. So I'm confident, though. We can come back from this. Of course. We, yeah, I'm, I'm fully with you. Um, it is getting a little bit alarming. Uh my husband's an Iowa fan. So I watched them destroy Iowa state on Saturday. Um, this might be like, this is a really good Iowa team too. So thinking about, um, as you said, playing Penn state, uh, playing a good Indiana team, Michigan state, Michigan, obviously all of those teams, but then potentially having to face Iowa and their defense in the big 10 championship game. Oh, yeah, I definitely anticipate that happening. I mean, Iowa is definitely one of the better teams in the Big Ten, if not top two. Um, but the way they dismantled Indiana last week, I was like 
shocked. It was surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our game against Indiana was one of the most highly anticipated matchups, but they just totally got destroyed by Iowa. And then they upset Iowa State this week as well. So they're they're definitely in the playoff talks as well. So I can see us playing them in the Big Ten championship game. Definitely. Um, so thinking more broadly outside of the Big Ten, uh, we learned a lot about some of our other, you know, power five friends, I guess. Uh, first of all, and as much as this hurts to say, maybe the Pac-12 isn't as bad as we thought it was. Yeah, I mean, Stanford with the big win over USC, that was pretty shocking. Obviously, obviously Oregon. And then my team... I'm going to adopt them. UCLA, they another rolled with another big win. So Pac-12 is looking good. Maybe we jumped the gun when we said that they were looking pretty terrible, but they came back this week and got a lot of wins. For sure. I think I, I think I know that I said the Pac-12 North was going to get a single win this week. Um, obviously that was not the case. Um, Fooey on me. Um, also in the Pac-12, though, uh, USC did announce today, today being Monday, because we're recording on Monday, uh, that they fired Zach Helton. Uh, all of the USC fans that I know are ecstatic. Um, one USC fan I know was at the game and started the fire Helton chant in the second quarter. Oh, nice. Um, so I feel like he's really proud of seeing the results of his work. Um Anyway, um, to the point of midseason coaching changes, do you think this changes anything for USC? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it definitely could because they really just got kind of slaughtered by Stanford, which obviously no one saw coming. I, I didn't personally, but he just hasn't really had a great career. I mean, he has a winning record. But then again, I just feel like that's it. Like, there's nothing really special about him. So maybe bringing in a new coach, new energy, hopefully that'll light a fire within this team and they can change the shape of their season. So I guess we'll see. I mean, he is a good coach, but he's not a great coach, obviously. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it certainly feels like, I mean, anytime you fire a coach week two, it's going to be an uphill battle to salvage the season. Um, you know, obviously when you have a brand like USC, you're going to get great talent no matter what. Um, but it felt like he just never knew what to do and he just lacked the ability to maintain discipline and uh, really just put together a team that could put together games uh, and win championships. So uh Anyway, we will certainly learn more uh, as they, I mean, I imagine they're going to have to name a coach before Saturday. So yeah, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, One other thing we learned this weekend, uh, and it's making me giggle at the SEC a little bit, is that Texas is bad. They got demolished by Arkansas. Like how embarrassing Welcome is to that? the SEC Longhorns. Like, yeah, like this kinda, is what you had to look forward to. Yeah, like in your face, Texas. This does make me laugh too. Like, ugh, first off, that move making me so mad, the move to the SEC. But whatever. That's in the past. But it's their prerogative and they made a terrible choice. I mean, that's their own fault. So this is just gonna happen for the next few years. So the first of many, I think, to Arkansas. Yikes. Yep. Arkansas. Um, you know, it's interesting too. 
when we think about kind of the macro trend within the big 12, um, it was really Texas that drove out AM a few years ago, because remember when they were looking at uh, big 12 media deals and they were like, we're going to launch the Longhorn Network. Mm-hmm. Um, and AM was like, well, great. We're going to move to the SEC then. Um, and so it does feel like all of, all of the big 12's demise is really can be placed firmly on Texas. Sorry. Texas. And now Texas is leaving and they're also bad. So yep. that's funny. <laughs> Anyway, um, so moving on from college football, because Megan and I just want to move on this week <laughs> to bigger and better things. We do. Um, we did wrap up the U.S. Open, um, and I'm so excited to talk with you about this because when we started thinking about winners and who we had picked like three weeks ago, I don't think either of these folks even cracked our top five. Oh, not at all. I mean... Emma Raducanu, the winner of the U.S. Open, was she moved up 127 spots in the rankings after her win. So obviously she was just a no-name pretty much. I mean, she's only, what, 18 years old, 19 years old? So to have two teenagers in the finals, I mean, kudos to Layla Fernandez as well. Both awesome. Such an exciting tournament. Um, but I can't wait to see what she does. And Layla, I mean, they're the future of women's tennis. So that's just Awesome. That was such an exciting final. Yeah. And then seeing Djokovic, Djokovic, excuse me, get deposed in the finals as well. Yeah. I mean, he did not get his golden slam, but obviously still a great year for him. Um, But Medvedev really did show him up. I mean, he just looked very good. Djokovic, I feel like was just very tired. He had a lot of long matches uh, this past week. So kudos to him. He's obviously one of the best players of all time, if not by the end of his career, the best. But yeah, kind of kind of unexpected to see him unseated from his throne because I fully expected him to win the whole thing. For sure. Um, especially with uh, some of the injury news we saw heading into the U.S. Open, Federer obviously out. Um, yeah, so we, we certainly had some unexpected winners, like we said. Um, that is all we have for the show for today. I will say, Megan, this is kind of like a nice little therapy session. I feel a lot better now. I know. We really just needed to rant, get our feelings out, <laughs> and then we switched to some optimism. So we're better. We're fine now. We're good. Yeah. I love it. We're we're all about growth here on Play Like Girl. <laughs> um, anyway, before we wrap up the show, shall we do our shout outs? Yeah. So I'm going to shout out my brother, Brett. Uh, he visited me for the game this weekend. We went to the game together. And he's a senior at Miami University. So it was nice to see him for the weekend. That's so fun. Um, I'm also going to do a personal shout out. I'm going to shout out my cat, Luna. Um, She met a baby for the first time this weekend and like did really well. And the baby like played fetch with her. The baby was like a year and a half. Okay. So like not like a tiny infant. Yeah. He could like stand and like they like had like a face off. They just like stared at each other. And then. Luna has this like strawberry toy that she's obsessed with. And he like played fetch with her. And I was like, oh my God, this is so funny and That's so cute. Phenomenal. Um, and our friend, like it was our friend's kid. And they were like, yeah, he's obsessed with cats. And we're like, yeah, I can, I can tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, good job, Luna. Learning new things again. We love growth. it. Look at us. We turned this from a negative to a positive.
Anyway, that's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hessline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, even this week, go Bucks.